So first, I wanted to thank everyone who made dua last night that Liverpool wins today. So Alhamdulillah, by Allah's grace, our champion Muhammad Salah. And if, and if that's what you spent last night making dua for, I hope to God you made dua for some other things as well. <laughs> um, before we were praying, before with the uh, Aisha, Brother Ali wanted, to wanted me to remind everyone one of the features that we have in the mosque that we, we actually, I don't think we really talked about ever was the library. So the library really is, is a resource and it's a very odd collection of books, but it represents a very wide spectrum of interesting topics related to Islam and religion. So particularly for those that are younger and curious, there's a lot of uh, information there. So I would urge people to spend some time, maybe after Ramadan, looking at the, at the library. Uh, there's a very interesting uh, hadith, hadith Qudsi, that the Prophet of course the hadith Qudsi, the Prophet is informing us of something that Allah has stated. And it's a long hadith, but there's part of the hadith when, when the Prophet says that Allah says, addressing us, he says, if all of my creation, if all of the children of Adam were to come to me with sins as numerous as the earth, I would forgive them for their sins and I wouldn't even worry about it. It would be nothing for me. That hadith is really, or that part of the hadith is very significant. When, when Allah says, if you've committed sins, the amount of the earth, think about what the square footage of the planet is. I don't know what that is, but it's like some huge number. And think about how many kilometers, or I guess miles down, this plate that makes up the earth is. It's at least a couple of kilometers. And take every grain, or granule, or whatever of earth, of ground, including the oceans, and add all of that up. That's what Allah is saying. If you've committed that many sins. But if you took your life, Let's say the average life is your 80, uh, 85 years. And if you cut up your life into the smallest amount of time, some sort of nanosecond, those nanoseconds of your life would not equal a percentage of all of the, the grains of the earth. Meaning that you couldn't commit that many sins. That's the power of that hadith. That you couldn't individually, you couldn't commit that many sins. You couldn't do that many things that were wrong. Is this a, a measurement? An app for the... 260 billion cubic feet. 260 billion cubic feet? <laughs> so there you go. Shaykh Google. So, so you, if you spent your whole... If you've met somebody which doesn't exist and they said, I'm going to spend every moment of my life sinning. Any sin that there is, I'm going to do it. They wouldn't be able to make that many sins because you'd fall asleep, you know, uh, by the time it took you to say that statement, you know, those would have been like maybe 10,000 nanoseconds or something. You couldn't, meaning you can't even commit that many sins. But if you were, and you asked Allah to forgive you, Allah says, I would forgive you and it would be no sweat. I wouldn't even worry about it. I wouldn't stress about it. It would cost me nothing. It would take no effort from me. 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in ghafoor al-Rahim. And that's really, really important because when we live here, sometimes we inadvertently assume character traits about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are not Islamic. So for example, it's very common to hear people that I'm atoning for my sins. You know, I'm going to change my life and atone for my sins. You don't have to do that. Just ask Allah for forgiveness and He'll forgive you. It's that, like that. It's that easy. You don't have to, you know, make a left turn and keep going that way because you're atoning for everything that you've done. You don't have to do that. I mean, you could if that was your calling. But if you want Allah to forgive you, all you have to do is Allah forgive me. And it's done. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power is between the letter kaf and the letter noon. If Allah wants something, all He says is be and it is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in no need to punish us. Is in no need to harm us. Is in no need to cause us to live in stress. All we have to do is turn to Him and He forgives our sins, even if they were that many. Now, the, the, the idea of repentance, it's like a cycle. So, the last nights of Ramadan, the last two days, we talk about tawbah, right? We, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His forgiveness. Why do we do that? What is the result of us asking for forgiveness, other than the fact that our sins are forgiven? If your sins are forgiven, and this is the part that we, we need to remember, and you have like this clean slate, then your dua becomes answered. So our sins clog up the transmission. But when your sins are forgiven, then you become mustajab dua Then your dua becomes accepted. So when you make ask Allah Ta'ala for something and it happens, what's the next part of that cycle? Is that your faith becomes increased. You're like, oh my God. I asked and it, look, it just happened just like that. Now, don't get into the mode of being transactional with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes Allah delays things, we understand that. But the idea is that when you make tawbah and you relieve yourself of the burden of sin, then your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is clean and clear. And that's what we hope happens inshallah at the end of Ramadan. And then therefore, when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something, and remember, Allah's not Santa Claus. Don't ask for like, you know, this toy and that toy. I'm saying you ask, you know, for, you know, health, you know, success in this world, you know, the big things that we, that we need. And then it happens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in you more confidence. And let me tell you a personal story about, not that I'm an example, but a personal story about this. Did I ever tell you about when I went to Hajj? Okay, I haven't used this story <laughs> So, you know, my mother is a Saudi. So, because my mother is a Saudi citizen, we have this uh, long visa, like five-year visa, visit visa, to go see our family. Which is real great, but the problem is, is you can't use that when you want to go to perform Umrah and Hajj. So one year, uh, my family's like, okay, we're going to go pre- perform Hajj. It was me, my wife, and my brother. And, and my wife, subhanAllah, her mother's also a Saudi, so she has the same visa. So here we are, me, my wife, and my brother. We go to Dulles Airport, and we're, you know, we're going to Hajj, we're really excited. Left the kids at home, the grandparents. We get to the airport, you know, the Saudi airline counter, and they're like, oh, you can't, you know, you can't go uh, to Hajj. You don't have a Hajj visa. And immediately, my wife and my brother, oh, that's it, it's over. We have to go back home. Let's go. They're like, you know, I'll go. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to Hajj. Inshallah, we are going to go to Hajj. So I told, I told, and I don't know where this confidence came from, but I was, you know, maybe I was just being stubborn, like, you know, I'm going to Hajj. I mean, I'm not going to let this, I'm right there, packed and took off and everything. So I told the lady, I said, but this plane, it ultimately goes to Riyadh. It doesn't go to Jeddah. She's like, yeah, it stops in Jeddah and Riyadh. I said, we're going to, we're going to go to Riyadh. We're not going to go to Jeddah. She's like, okay, that's fine. So we get on the plane. I have no plan. I have no idea how this is going to work. When we land in Jeddah, you know, X number of hours later, 
Of course, my brother and my wife were like, that's it, we're, you know, we're going to die, we're never going to get back, we're going to get lost in the desert. I was like, we're going to perform Hajj, inshallah. Inshallah, we're going to perform Hajj. We land, I turn on the phone, my aunt, uh, who lives in Jeddah, she says, get off, stand up with the Saudi citizens and get off the plane. And we don't look like Saudi, we're a very motley crew, me, my brother, and if you've ever met my brother, and my wife. She said, get up with the Saudi citizens and get off the plane. Don't go to the Hajj terminal. So with all the confidence that God can give me, I got up like I own, like I'm the king of Saudi Arabia. I got up and we walked off the plane and no one said anything. And not only that, we got through customs, but they pulled the plane back from the tarmac before it took off to Riyadh to take our bags off the plane. And there on the little, you know, thing was all, there's only three bags that belonged to us and that was it. Because of that incident, I know if you have that clear relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you have that confidence inside you and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He gives it to you, you know you're like Superman. You know that you can, you really you can accomplish anything. You will never fear anything. You will never have concern for anything because you know la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. That's the cycle of repentance. That's why we have to ask Allah for repentance. And we should never ever doesn't matter what you've done, how dark you think your sins are, how dark you think your past it has nothing, nothing is too difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is big for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is too much that Allah can't forgive. There's nothing that you have committed, all of us in this room together, in the past, present, and in the future, that Allah ta'ala will not forgive. You have to know that with certainty. Because the Prophet taught us, the person that doesn't ask Allah, Allah is upset with them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask for repentance. You'll sing the minute you finish your du'a, ask for repentance again over and over and over and over again. And you will live in that cycle of repentance, your du'a being accepted, your iman being strengthened, and the cycle will cycle upwards. You will feel uplifted. Don't ever despair in Allah's mercy. This is the teaching of Islam. This is why all of the chapters begin with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This is why the Prophet ﷺ is known as the Prophet of Mercy. This is why all of these, the, the mercy is such a strong concept in our faith for this reason. So in these last, you know, tonight, tomorrow, and by the way, we don't know Laylatul Qadr. Can, I mean, I know Liverpool won, but you know, maybe that was just because that was Qadr. We still have tonight and tomorrow night. You don't know where the moment, your moment with Allah Ta'ala is. It could be right now, it could be tomorrow, it could be even the night before the Eid prayer. Turn to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala all the time with confidence that He has forgiven you before you have even asked for forgiveness. Because the fact that you think that you want to ask for forgiveness means Allah has placed that thought in you in the first place. He's already met you, He's already forgiven you. Allah has already said, done. وَلَا أُبَالِي I don't even stress about it. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Shukran.